We're starting a new series today called Change Ahead. It's a three-week series called Change Ahead. Everybody faces change. Everybody. Some are expected and some are unexpected. We're going to be talking about the unexpected today. The unexpected changes. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Unexpected changes that happen around us, to us, to people we love, people that we walk with life with. Some things never change. One of them is the Word of God. And we're going to read from that today. And the different teachings that we do on Sunday, every Sunday, are coming from God's Word. And in honor of God's Word, let's stand up. That never changes. Stand in honor of God's Word and let's, let's read. Our, um, our owner's manual for life. It's hard to talk about Scripture and use the correct words because this is everything to us. I pray you spend every day in it. I pray you take opportunity, not just in crisis, but in the good times. Every day, God is putting things in your life and in your heart and mind. Today, we're going to be talking in chapter 8, verses 23 through 29. Follow with me. As he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Suddenly... A violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by waves. But Jesus kept sleeping. So the disciples came and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to die. He said to them, why are you afraid? You of little faith. Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. Father, we pray as we look at your word that you speak to our hearts and our minds, our situations, our circumstances, the environment that we're in. Every individual in this room, speak to us today. Open our eyes to truth. Fortunate you're in it, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. What happens when we experience unexpected change in our life? Some things in scripture that we're going to look at today that I think apply to us individually. Change always causes stress. Even positive change affects us and causes stress. Definitely negative, and negative things do like illness or death or divorce, uh, getting fired from your job, uprooting your family. Different situations that happen to us inside of our home. Some things are positive, like unexpected change to our, where we live, 
Maybe things in our home. Could be babies. Could be graduation, promotion, a bonus, personal achievement. On and on and on. We can talk about positive and negative things that can affect the stress of our life. The unexpected ones are the ones that cause the greatest concern. Is it possible in those times to grow in our faith in Jesus? Can we find Jesus working when all seems lost? Is Jesus powerful enough to take care of any and all situations that we face? The answers are yes, yes, and yes. We can gather today and learn as we teach. This is a boat ride. They've been working and ministering to a group of people, and they're still very young in the walk with Jesus. The disciples had seen a few things here and there, miracles, ministering, stopping, where he shouldn't have stopped, on and on and on. He, the, the disciples saw Jesus in this kind of environment. Though young, they, they did see it. This was a boat ride for disciples that probably they made several times. Maybe even several times that day. Not real sure about the traffic of the Sea of Galilee because I wasn't there. But one thing we do know is it's easier to take a boat across the Sea of Galilee than it is to walk around the river's edge or the Sea of Galilee's edge, the water. Partly because of the experience of these fishermen. Could have been Jesus needed a break. Could have been that it was just time to move from one area to another area and continue ministry in another area. But for whatever reason, the familiarity was for sure there. They got into the boat and they pushed off. And that's where the story begins. The story begins with everything was just fine. Everything was going according to plan, without surprises. Jesus and the disciples had just finished ministering to the people. They got into the boat, and they're going to the other side to continue ministry. Isn't that just like how we live? Our traffic patterns continue. We go to school, we drop kids off, we go to work. After work, we go work out. We go pick the kids up. We go pick the kids up. We go work out. We go home. We, we feed the kid. We feed the husband. We cook. We pick up dinner. We take it home. Whatever this, the normal traffic pattern of your days, isn't that how we live? Just everything is going fine. Maybe we're not preparing for the unexpected. Not even aware of maybe signs around us that are beginning to change. There's three questions instead of three statements that I want to ask us today. A little different, little angle, a little different angle on Scripture. And I want to take us through some thoughts. Number one, do we fear things out of our control? 
Do we fear things out of our control? Scripture says, when suddenly. We're going normally, everything's fine. When suddenly. Another translation says, without warning. Different, uh, Mark is a, another gospel and a different representation of the same story. Same lines, different words were used. And we learned that the Sea of Galilee was, a, I don't know if you've grown up on a lake, but just generally bodies of water. Um, things come up quickly. The winds, the waves, temperature change. If you go over deep water, the temperature, temperature is different. The Sea of Galilee was notorious for huge wave changes. Shifts in the wind. The weather completely changes in minutes because of the temperature rise and fall. Things were continuing to happen and quickly to these disciples. The unexpected change was definitely geographical. And I think we can learn from that today. Isn't that like our lives? As things are going well, the unexpected is when suddenly. Not even really in our vocabulary, not even in our sight. When suddenly. The struggles of what we see and what we feel and what we know begin to change. How do we react to those changes, to the unexpected? Do we jump ship? Do we act like nothing's happening? Do we find our way to Jesus as fast as we can? All of us act differently. When suddenly it changes. Here's where inter intersection of experience and education come together. We're relying on what we know to get us through life. And as we gather facts and as we gather information, as we gather experiences, we're putting them all to test in the unexpected when the stress begins to happen. And usually it's in an instant, it's not over time, though it could be. How do we react? Do we allow our faith to carry us through? Or do we let our feelings trip us up? Does the facts and information that we've gathered keep us from looking to God? Another way to say it is, we've gathered our information, we know it, we trust God, we know it to be true, we find it to be true, when suddenly... Though when suddenly happens, our feelings trip us up. We forget the trust. We forget the facts. And we let our feelings trip us. How often does that happen to us? Even the most experienced and most prepared people all have unexpected changes that happen. All the unpredictable things that we think we've planned for begin to happen. The control issues sometimes arise inside of us because there's different kinds of people. 
Some of us plan. We tweak the plan, and then we enjoy the plan. We want to know exactly what's going on, and we want everything to be programmed and right in its place. In order. If everything comes as I planned, it's not a surprise. But when it is a surprise, we resent it. It causes us to feel uncertain. We criticize, we gripe, we grumble. How many, how many people, just curious, not a show of hands, just think. Do you know someone, maybe a friend? Sure. Um, when you travel, do you type out an agenda? We leave at 8 a.m. At 8.45, we're going to stop at the rest area in Crossville. And then when we get to exit 254, we are going to get gas. And when we're getting gas, you need to go to the restroom. And then at exit 317, we're going to stop and we're going at X amount of time at 1114. We're going to stop and we're going to eat. And we can only eat for 20 minutes. So if the line's long, we got a problem. <laughs> I don't know how many of y'all work that way, but that's a microcosm of what I'm talking about in our life in our general plan for a life. That's just a microcosm of the trip up that happens because throw a flat tire at exit 287 and it's all out the window. Because what happens to it is our plan is not messed up because our plan's still in order. It's just not happening the way we want it to. There's an interruption when suddenly the disciples faced that very same thing because I'm sure they were in on a schedule. I'm, I'm sure they're going across, they're, they're talking through what's going to happen. Jesus needed to rest, obviously, because he's asleep. The boat is being thrown all over the place, and it says overtaken with waves is the word that's used of there's waves coming into the boat. Does not wake Jesus up. The unexpected, when suddenly. There are people, too, that it drives the organizers crazy, but there are people that just, uh, we'll leave sometime between 8 and 10. We're on a trip. Uh, when we run out of gas, we'll stop and get some. I think we're supposed to be there by 6, but, you know, we'll get there whenever we get there. And we stopped five times that we weren't thinking of because that was a really cool sign. It looks like there's a sale at, you know, Haverty's, whatever. <laughs> and it took us three hours to get out of town because we had to stop by and see so-and-so. The organizer people, that drives, that drives them crazy. But if there's, if there's interruptions in that plan, they typically aren't thrown off much <laughs> because there wasn't a schedule to start with. There wasn't a plan. They're going through life, just let the good times roll. Both are frustrating to the other. And maybe husbands and wives, <laughs> maybe you married one, just the opposite of you. But um, the unexpected, for sure. Number two, 
does faith allow us to cope with problems beyond our power? Does faith allow us to cope with problems beyond our power? Jesus was asked a question. Do you care? Scripture teaches us that the disciples woke Jesus up and said, do you care? Does it make you feel any better that the disciples that just saw Jesus do some amazing things behind them, physically with them, with their own eyes, they saw Jesus do these incredible things. And they're in the boat with Jesus, and now they question, do you care? Does Jesus even care about himself? Does he know that he could die? All the, all the questions that come in my mind when I'm reading that little short passage of Scripture of the disciples and all the things that are happening in that environment, Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, what are you afraid of? What does Jesus know that I don't know? That could be going through your mind. Maybe you face that different points of every day. For sure, every time, every, at least once or twice a year, maybe many times, you face, does Jesus care? These disciples did not have the benefit of having the end of the story. We do. We know the end of the story. They don't know the end of the story. They're asking, what's Jesus going to do? Matthew 8, 25, it says, Lord, save us. We're going to die. <laughs> In Mark chapter 4, verse 38, same story. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Do we not think that way? That we at least default to that idea. Where did God go in my turmoil? In this unexpected change. We ask, Jesus, do you care? Jesus asks us, why are you afraid? We can reflect back on the faith that we have and the trust in God and we so quickly forget the faithfulness of Jesus. He reminds us that he's always there. Always. In this scripture too, I, I wrote down a few thoughts on at least he said they had faith. Right? Oh, ye of little faith. He didn't say, you don't have any faith. No, he didn't say that. Oh, ye of little faith. You know, at least he thought, or at least my brain goes that way. At least they had a little bit. Because when the waves were coming over and they thought they were going to die, what did they do? They went to Jesus. So they knew something. They just defaulted to the, you don't care and we're all going to die. At least they knew who to go to when, he, when the unexpected comes. They're in the boat with Jesus. And oftentimes we find ourselves there. 
The waves are coming up over the, over the boat. The winds are blowing. Things are coming apart. They're beginning to shake. Where is God, we think? True faith will, will enable us to trust God because he cares when the circumstances do not look promising. As illustrated by these disciples, they definitely believed in Jesus because they went to him. They just had not enacted their faith toward him. Jesus demonstrated his power for sure. And it's stronger than us. It's stronger than the disciples. Number three, do we realize Jesus has authority over creation? Do we realize Jesus has authority over creation? Because so many times we act like that's not true. We have the information. We've read it in the owner's manual of our life, but we don't act that way. Maybe we know it, but we haven't enacted the faith that comes with it. Later in this very same chapter in verse 28 and in Mark 5, 1, which is following this story. On the other side, Jesus runs into a young man that needed demons exercised. And at the call to those demons that Jesus made, they obeyed him. Those disciples knew what was going to happen because they just saw it happen on the water. They're in the boat, and they question Jesus, where'd you go? And Jesus stands up, oh, ye a little faith, and what'd he do? The wind and the waves became calm. It, it says a great calm. The actual, the actual translation is a great calm, not like the wind slowed down. The waves got a little smaller. No, a great calm. Foop. Creation obeyed Jesus. These disciples witnessed Jesus' power. While everything else is changing, Jesus is the same. Now listen, listen to me here. All that Jesus Christ was yesterday that we read about in the Bible, he is today. And all that he is today, he will be tomorrow. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he's already in your future. He's already there. At work, school. He's already there in your relationships. He's already there working on your behalf. Jesus is not bound by time. It's called omnipresent. The technical word omnipresent means that there is no past and present and future. God is all those things. And if that's true then he's already in your future. And when you get there, you're going to find him already there working on your behalf. 
That's the scripture of all things work together for good that, of those that, that love the Lord. So many questions come into mind at this one truth. I've got so many questions of how does that all work? How is it that those things begin to happen? But the same guy that was he raised from the dead, he performed miracles before that that were raising people from the dead. He calmed the seas and the winds. He has power over creation. The same Holy Spirit that did that has the control. The work of the Trinity, the work of the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God is a mystery to many. Our little finite minds have the hardest time understanding that. At least mine does. I'll speak for mine. We have the hardest time grabbing that. When things begin to shake, the unexpected begins to happen. Where do you go? Do you jump ship? When suddenly, what happens? When you are in the purpose and will of God, his presence and power can be felt. When you are in the purpose and will of God, his presence and power can be felt. In 1989, Julie and I weren't even 30 years old. We'd been married several years. We had two kids. And this is a story that I don't, I don't tell very often. Julie was six and a half months pregnant. Everything was going just fine. When suddenly, I was playing golf. <laughs> Julie went to do an ultrasound. Routine. Been there, done that. I went to play golf. This is before cell phones. I know it's hard to believe, but it is. I had a pager, this thing called a pager. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Sorry. And I, I laid the pager down in the floorboard that I don't normally do and went to play golf. When I got back to my car, there's 10 pages. Julie and I had a little thing where we would text each other to call quickly. And they're all that. I got hold of Julie we got together she says there's something wrong with the baby we don't know what it is but there's something wrong so we uh, over the next three weeks I won't go into all the great details of all the things that happened but some of the darkest days of our of our life some of the sweetest times of our life as well we went to the doctor and uh, we ran into all these people that are not real sensitive. <laughs> uh, the 
ultrasound lady that was measuring lengths of different bones and legs and extremities and she's like wow you know and we're sitting there like wait what Julie begins to cry most of it um, they leave and the doctor comes in we're both crying what, what's happening we don't know what's going on the doctor comes in and he says um, <clears throat> there's a problem and just to make sure it's what we think it is we're going to go uh, take an x-ray so he leaves, and Julie and I are sitting there left in total bewilderment. And um, she goes off to get an x-ray. Long story short, he comes in, and he says, the baby has no bones. A little bit in her cheek, a little bit on her rib. It's a genetic defect called uh, hypophosphatasia. At the time, they thought it was, um, what was the name of it? Osteogenesis. Osteogenesis imperfecta. But it was bad. And it was beginning to affect Julie. So all these things are starting to flood through our mind of um, what, what is happening. After we got through talking to the doctor, we get up, we walk out. And the sweetness of God, we walked out in the hallway, and my dad was walking down the hallway. That's before cell phones. My dad's supposed to be in Birmingham, Alabama. And he comes walking down the hallway at a hospital in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we sat down, we talked, we prayed. There was a calming reassurance with that. Didn't fix anything. But we had felt so alone in that process all the way through. We didn't know how to ask for prayer. We, we, didn't, know, we didn't know any of it. I won't go through all the details, but it, it was three weeks of, of just unbelievable um, test of our faith. At the end of the three weeks, um, Julie gives birth to a baby that could not survive in the womb. Seconds after birth, uh, the nurse hands Brenna, who we named her, hands her to me. That was 30 years ago. The fresh feelings that come with that. She looked exactly like my daughter. Becca, who was two years old. And we sat there and we prayed and talked. Where's God? Through the next several hours, it was a resolve like I cannot explain to you. That we gave this situation over to the Lord. The doctors told us to never have another child. Many people ask, why is there such a gap between your three kids? Well, for, for about five and a half, almost six years, um, the doctors kept saying, don't 
if, if you try to have a child, this is going to happen again. The chances are too great. And we kept trusting and believing and listening to doctors. And finally, we kind of came to the conclusion, Julie says, I feel like God wants us to have another child. <clears throat> and it sounded totally ridiculous. But we went on that. And Barry Ann is who happened. Her, faith, her name is actually Barry Ann Faith. It caused us to come to a place. It pushed us closer together. We relied on God more than we had ever relied on God ever since that day. And I tell you that story not to look at me and Julie. Look at God. Look at Jesus. Look at the Holy Spirit. What happened to us can happen to you. Whatever the unexpected is. It could be anything. You know, I, I hear all the time, Does, uh, God's not for me today. I'm like, what? When you walk into um, a donut shop and there's pink sprinkles, that, that doesn't mean God's for you today, okay? When you drive up to a traffic light and it turns green, that doesn't mean God's for you, okay? There's situations in life that get to be almost comical of the signs that we put, these fleeces we throw out. The fact is God is faithful. Do you trust that or do you not trust that? Because the scripture tells us Jesus has power over everything. Do you act that way? In the calmness, do you calmly think, Jesus, we're trusting you with this. It was a journey that we, we will never forget, for sure. 30 years ago, just as real today as it was then. Don't know if that will ever change. We've learned to cope with it. Our coping is Jesus is in control, and we're not. And whatever happened, happened. And we'll find out later. I, I say all the time, I have all these questions. There are so many questions that I have. That's a big one. What is it to you? What's the circumstance you're going through? It's not too big for God. Is it something you're going through right now? There are people that would love to pray with you. You are not alone. God is for you, for sure. And there are other people that want to hurt with you. I learned a lot of things back in that situation that I just shared. I never say, I know how you feel. People said the craziest things to us. <laughs> I know how you feel. Do you? <laughs> they meant well. Well, I'm telling you for, for real. 
there are people that want to walk with you. We don't know how you feel, but we do know a God that can all bind us together. We're stronger together. We walk together. There's going to be people on the sides of the worship center today that would love to pray with you. There'll be opportunities in your life group to share if you would rather do it there. Please know you are not alone. There are people who want to walk with you.